and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Aural Apocalypse, a soundtrack for the final days. I am DJ Merrick. I'm really excited about today's show because I have an interview with the legendary band Changes. For those of you not in the know, they've been around since 1969. That's 40 years. And uh, one of the first dark folk bands, folk noir bands. Uh, I have an interview with Nicholas Teslik when I had a chance to sit down and talk with him at Stella Natura 2009. Stay tuned for that. We also have some brand new releases from Skullline Records to present to you. So we're going to go ahead and get you in the mood with some uh, song from their last release from Changes called A Ripple in Time. This is Another Day on the Arl Apocalypse. They fall to the ground, to the ground They fall and pile all around, around And nature's autumn call Sunrise melts away the night Casting colors glowing bright Pours across the void of dawn Returns to earth its morning song Wave on wave the ocean's constant tide Constant tide Ocean waves roll into shore shore. Answer nature's siren call Sunset settles softly, red to gold to gray. Proceeds another evening, concludes another day. Sunset settles softly, red to gold to gray. Proceeds another evening, concludes another day. Men are born and then they pass away. Nature makes the games they play.
colors of our love are blue and gold They blaze above us in the night And in our hearts hide secrets yet untold Illumined by autumnal light Don't regret our flame Garlands of our desire Our voices will proclaim The beauty of the fight The dawn of our Current causes through our veins Winter dispelled by our sunrise Shall we attain an everlasting rain And lay claim to the purest prize To God forevermore Crop of cultures creeds to live unto the Lord. It's one in words and deed from Ammon's Marlon Freed. Silver crown or from the darkest red From shoots of life that springtide sends Shoulder to shoulder with the holy dead Our aristocracy Of our love are never known The beacons of the summer shine As essence ripens from the seed we've sown Our faith breaks through the wall of Henceforth, that for the kind of person whom destiny calls, 
the ordinary rules of life are reversed and become quite different. Good and evil are transferred to another and higher plane. Then the virtues, which might be applauded in an ordinary person, would in you become vices, simply because they would only be the source of obstacles and ruin. Now the great law of the world is not to do this or that, to avoid one thing or pursue another. It is to live, to enlarge and develop our most active and sublime qualities in such a way that from any sphere we can always strive to reach another one that is wider, more airy, more elevated. Do not forget that. Go straight ahead. Simply do as you please in so far as it serves your interest. Leave weakness and scruple to the petty minds and to the rabble of underlings. There is only one consideration worthy of you, the elevation and greatness of yourself. I think that a decent man, a man who feels that he has some soul, has now more than ever the strict duty of falling back upon himself. And since he can't save others, of striving for his own betterment, that is the essential task in times like ours. Everything that is being lost by society does not disappear, but takes refuge in individual lives. The mass is petty, wretched, shameful, and repugnant. The isolated being can rise above this, and just as in the ruins of Egypt, amidst heaps of rubble, broken and unrecognizable fragments, the walls that have collapsed have subsided and are often difficult to repair. There will have survived some colossus thrusting into the sky, which, by its very height, preserves an idea of the nobility of the Templar town, now raised to the ground forever. So in the same way, these isolated men can help to preserve our conception of what God's noblest and finest creatures ought to be like. Now the great law of the world is not to do this or that, to avoid one thing or pursue another. It is to live, to enlarge and develop our most active and sublime qualities in such a way that from any sphere we can always strive to reach another one that is wider, more airy, more elevated. Do not forget that. Go straight ahead. Simply do as you please, and so far as it serves your interest. Leave weakness and scruples to the petty minds and to the rabble of underlings. There is only one consideration worthy of you. The elevation and greatness of yourself. another. 
it is to live, to enlarge and develop our most active and sublime qualities in such a way that from any sphere we can always strive to reach another one that is wider, more airy, more elevated. Do not forget that. Go straight ahead. Simply do as you please in so far as it serves your interest. Leave weakness and scruple to the petty minds and to the rabble of underlings. There is only one consideration worthy of you.
called Tuhat Kualema Sekunisa, the song entitled Nakija. Uh, they're on the Anima Arctica uh, label from Finland, a small uh, Finnish label, and you can find out more information on them by going to animaartica.fi. We also heard from a French act called Sinweldi with a song entitled Notre Victory. It's from his upcoming album called UFA Muzak. For more information, you can go to myspace.com forward slash Sinweldi, S-I-N-W-E-L-D-I. 
I. We also heard from Scorpion Wind going back a little ways in time with a song entitled Some Colossus. That's Douglas P. of Death in June, Boyd Rice, John Murphy, and Richard Leviathan all together for that project. And we also heard from Lady Morphia, band from the UK. Name of that song was called Turn to Silver. And Changes started the entire show off with a song entitled Another Day from their last release called A Ripple in Time. Now they have a brand new release just about out. It's not quite out yet. It was supposed to be out, I think, on October 15th, but I don't see it at Tesco yet. Um, I know it's being distributed through Tesco, so I did not find it there. So, um, But uh, it's a brand new CD coming out called Lament, and I have some exclusive tracks to share with you, some uh, little sneak preview, shall we say, of the good stuff that's to come. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up a little bit later on. But uh, I did promise also that we have some brand new Skullline uh, releases for you. How about a little uh, minimum Electro. We don't play much of that here on the show, but let's let's go ahead and give some listen. Uh, they put out this various artist release called Minimal Baby 2. They had one, of course, as well. So Minimal Baby 2 is now out. It's a limited edition release for 500 copies only from Skullline, this fa- fa- fabulous little uh, German label. And a band that I'm first going to share with you from this uh, Minimal Electro release is called Echo West. They're also a band from Germany, and the name of the track is called Nordstadt on the RL Apocalypse.
Basiliam distrutine libra mine, men suspensa fructua, et est tuat in tumultus anxios duce, vertit et vipertit, motus in contrarios, motus in contrarios. Megavare studio ultrasio, sedum amor alteram, ulto peram in diversa rapior, Rasione cum Dione, dimicante crucior, dimicante crucior.
Wheel is the name of that tune by a band called Oquam Tristis from France that released from Palace of Worms. Uh, for more information on Palace of Worms, you can go to palaceofworms.com. We also heard from an interesting band called Forests and Communism. The name of that track is called Valium. Brand new release from Skullline from their record called Leben ist Illegal. And uh, that's only limited edition to 44 copies. Yes, Skullline specializing in the small orders. Uh, we also heard from another Skullline, brand new Skullline release, Echo West. That was the name of the band. The name of the track was called Nord. Stadt, another German band um, that's from the various artists uh, Minimal Baby 2 limited edition to 500 release from Skullline Records and for more information on Skullline you can go to skullline.de that's three L's in that Skullline alright and some more music coming up in just a second just want to tell you about another event going on around the world actually this one happening in my backyard here in the Los Angeles area it's the Dung Mummies Nomadic Transmissions Offerings to the Sunrise Part 2 happening in Jawbone Canyon, which is located near Mojave, California. So just about, uh, what is that, 75 to 100 miles outside the Los Angeles area. It sounds like it's a fantastic time. Hey, it's free. And it starts Friday, October 23rd at 6 p.m. going throughout the weekend. Um, uh, so bring your tents, bring your sleeping bags. For more information, you can go to www.yorkrecords.com. U-R-C-K records.com look under events there's like 25 bands playing including swords of fatima sakara dog night at noon volcanosis uh children of the apocalypse marlon kasberg array orchestra hop frogs drum jester devotional many 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 more uh, including dog shit taco i like that one (laughs) i don't know who they are but (laughs) go check out dog dog shit taco it's a great name (laughs) All right, so uh, check that out again, uh, yorkrecords.com for more information. So back into the music we go. Stay tuned for later on uh, my interview with Changes, Nicholas Teslick from Changes. That's coming up in just a minute. It's a great interview that I did at Cell in Atura 2009. So, um, but uh, well, up next I have uh, Von Thronstall, one of our favorite bands here on Our Apocalypse. We dig them. We think they're really groovy. Um, they have the, their, their first two CDs are being re-released on Cold Spring Records. Um, I guess they were a, a bit out of print there for a while. Uh, they first released uh, um, called uh, in Imperium Internum and E Pluris Unum. So you can go ahead and check them out at coldspring.co.uk. also want to tell you about a quick uh, um, show that's happening actually with Von Thronstahl. Just a quick mention of that uh, happening this weekend also in Rome, Italy, the other side of the world. Uh, Rose Ravine, Iamonte, Von Thronstahl, and Sella della Cologne are playing. Again, you can go to www.coldspring.co.uk co.uk look under events for more information on that show happening october 24th in rome italy but onwards to some von thronshaw we're going to go back in time check out this uh well i I have the original one okay so let's go ahead and in in honor of the re-release coming out i'm going to go ahead and play a song from their very first cd their first full-length cd uh it's called cristal cristal by von thronshaw here on the arl apocalypse Thank you. 
geliebt werden, heißt herrschen.
reached a conclusion. The world is too small. There's nothing no option.
kulcs a fény koronájához. This is our Apocalypse, the soundtrack for the final days. I'm DJ Merrick. We just heard from a band from Hungary. Kriegsfallu is the name of that band. The name of the song is called The Ancient Lords that released from Cold Spring Records. We also heard from Poissons with a song called Totalitarian Hearts, a Swedish band on that release from Cold Meat Industry, 1998, uh, going back a little ways in time. And we also heard from Fontranchal in that set with a song called Cristal Cristur from their, uh, well, very first CD, which is now released, also a re-released on Cold Spring Records. So check it out, coldspring.co.uk for more information on that. So speaking of Kriegsfall U, another event happening around the um, world, if you just like that last band that I played, they're actually Actually playing live in the Netherlands at Dwalspoor Festival and uh, got great lineup here guys I'm really excited about this festival um, we love Dwalspoor there Blaue Reiter are playing Kriegsfall U of course Jena Rhein Der Feuerkreiner and Satori all together November 14th Saturday night in Rotterdam the Netherlands for more information you can go to myspace.com forward slash Dwalspoor have a wonderful time guys all right so 
I have my interview with Nicholas Teslek from Changes. Uh, unfortunately, Robert was not able to make it to Stellan Church 2009, so I got Nicholas all to myself. What a nice fella, I tell you. Um, uh, this is band Changes. They've been around since 1969, 40 years. That alone deserves respect. But they were one of the first, like, really kind of dark folk, folk noir bands out there uh, in the 60s, didn't quite fit in, and were uh, recently, well, in the mid-90s, rediscovered by Michael Moynihan from Blood Axis, and uh, he re-released a bunch of their stuff, and uh, the rest is history. They've been putting out uh, material ever since then. Got a brand new CD coming up called Lament. It should be out any day now. Uh, it was supposed to actually be out a few days ago, but uh, I haven't seen it yet myself with my own two eyes, so hopefully as i speak it's coming out right now the name of the cd is called lament for more information on changes they have an interesting website you can go to www.nmia.com forward slash tilde thermite t-h-e-r-m-i-t-e if you can't get all that it's much easier just go to myspace.com forward slash changes folk noir all one word so let's take a sneak peek at this brand new release. We're going to present to you a nice fiery instrumental called No Way Back, followed by my interview with Nicholas Teslik from Changes, and then another fantastic brand new song from Changes on the Arl Apocalypse.
I'm here with the legendary Nicholas Teslik from Changes, a legendary band that's been around since 1969. Seen a lot of changes with Changes, haven't you now? Correct, yes. Now, unfortunately, Robert couldn't join us today. He wasn't here at Stella Natura. What happened there? The uh, There was a, a mix-up as he was traveling to the airport, and it, uh, it was just one of those things where uh, by the time he had traveled back and forth, it was just going to be like another 11 hours until he could actually get to a plane since it's three hours from his house to the airport so it um, it was unfortunate but it's one of those circumstances that happens it, yeah, it happens and um, uh, was a fantastic show that you put on by yourself you were aided by Marcus Wolf from All Teufel and it, it was amazing that uh, even just by yourself that you conveyed so much uh, warmth and uh, such uh, technical finesse with the guitar my goodness I tell you you can play that guitar like nobody's business well, thank you very much all right, so going back in time, let's start a little bit. You and uh, Robert are actually first cousins. Now, he was a city boy, and you were the country boy. That's correct. Tell me a little bit about growing up and uh, how it eventually came that you made music together. One would think that uh, when, when we read stories like Tom Sawyer and, and, and things like that, it's usually the country boy is the kind of the wild guy, and the city boy uh -huh. is the little prim and proper uh -huh. uh, Lord Fauntleroy. We were the absolute opposite. Uh -huh. I was raised in a, a little idyllic community uh, near these little lakes, so we we had. And this is in the Chicago uh, area. This is in, in Chicago, Illinois. about 35 miles north uh -huh. uh, north of Chicago, um, and we we had fun as children, just going off in the lakes and catching frogs and that type of thing. But uh, Robert was in the in the big city life, kind of the. Uh, the, the, the fast-paced, high-moving uh, thing with gangs and, uh -huh. and things like that, that that I was completely divorced from. I, I knew his friends. Uh, I, I was part of his circle of friends when I'd visit him, but it was like we were actually pretty much far removed from each other, but always friends. We always uh, got along very well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, so how did it come that you guys decided to make some music together? When I was in my college years, uh, we, we hung around a lot. I, I lived with his mom and dad in Chicago during during the time I was uh, attending DeVry there. And uh, so we developed a really close closer friendship at that time than we probably had in uh, before, because uh, like I said, we were so far removed. So we would do a lot of things, most of the time just be bored together. Uh -huh. But uh, a lot of times in the summertime, we'd run down to the beach and uh, he had a, a guitar that he, uh, a really nice acoustic guitar, and I'd played, I, everybody wanted to be the Beatles back then, so <laughs> I had a, a, a fiberglass electric guitar uh -huh. that I got in high school, and I took some lessons and, and uh -huh. learned all the chords to those songs and stuff, but it just, for some reason, the electric guitar sound wasn't, it, it didn't kind of get my inner soul like his acoustic did, especially uh -huh. playing it live out on the beach with the, the wind blowing and stuff. Uh -huh. So I had developed some chord progressions on my own, some songs, uh, some musical songs, but I had never set it to lyrics. But Robert had been writing poetry all his life, ever since he was just a child, in fact. And even his father used to think, uh, well, uh, isn't poetry a little bit effeminate, you know? <laughs> but, uh, but, the, but Robert always wrote just beautiful poetry. But uh, when we decided that maybe we could merge the, the poetry and the music and actually combine it, he, he had to vary his poetry from just straight 
more or less abstract poetry to lyrical, uh-huh. where uh, it's more sing-song, more right, rhyme. Right. And, and, uh, but he still kept the, the flowing imagery uh-huh. and stuff, which, which is what make, makes his lyrics so unique. So um, <laughs> it's the funny, uh, funny thing is I, I, we were on the beach once and had never written anything together before. And I started a, this chord progression that sounded like it, it just had a nice flow to it. And Robert started to just on the spot compose lyrics to it. I mean, it's a song called Wherever I May Go. It's the first thing we ever wrote together. Uh-huh. And it's terrible. <laughs> it, <laughs> you got to start somewhere, huh? Yeah, it will never see the light of day. Uh-huh. But, but it was, it was, the, it was the, the seed that was planted uh-huh. right there. And ever since then, it's always been Robert's written lyrics, and I've set it to music. It uh-huh. just seems to work out better that way because he can have his creative juices just flow in whichever direction he wants to. And then by me setting them to music, I can I can ta- not necessarily tailor because it, it's more or less natural when I when I sit down with his lyrics and try to uh, I'm not consciously thinking of well when am I going to put this you know it's like does something come to me and if it doesn't come to me on that one I'll set that one aside and take another set uh-huh. of his lyrics and try something else and see so that's how you commonly will. work he usually comes up with lyrics yes. and then you do mm-hmm. the music yes oh okay mm-hmm. now you were um, since you were like a, a, a folk band in the 60s with a, with a darker aesthetic how were you tr- received back then it was uh, strange in certain several different ways because we weren't the the typical being in the late 60s i mean you know everything was flower powered and our our whole thought process was never the, uh-huh. that that type mindset, of view yeah, that yeah, mindset yeah, at all yeah. so it was like we were kind of outsiders but like um the the love the love music was love music is universal uh, love loss love hate love unrequited yeah and the uh, those songs had an appeal to anybody or everybody that listened to them if you know if they if they liked them but but you know those do have an appeal uh, but also back then we were writing our legends uh, legends came out and uh, we actually wrote it in about 70 uh-huh. and it uh, that that was also uh, taking six major legends from different European countries of uh, countries of the Western world uh-huh. and setting them to music again with some very he wrote just some absolutely beautiful imagery he was at his peak at that point um, it was something that that seemed to catch people too you know because because there are people that no matter what troubled times you are sometimes people do like to identify with the past and uh-huh. and identify with their roots and that type of thing Without actually make politicizing it, it's right. still you know it's almost a well, natural. Why these stories thing. still hold true? And why we're still reading Homer and such sure. in, in schools right. today? Mm-hmm. You know, right. they, they they ring uh, universal right. throughout all the time. That's right, and 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 sometimes they'll even remake stories that are based on those things. Oh, that over still, and over again. Sure. Yes, yes. So it uh, so there there was definitely something to to our following at that time that liked the love songs and the legend songs, but then the fire of life songs and the uh, twilight we had twilight back then um it it was called twilight of the west back then but it was a a song that people didn't know quite what to make of it Uh it was just like uh you're talking about you know a future that will never be or something like that and it wasn't i mean even back then the Uh earmarks of of the future that we talked about in twilight were there but uh it was it was 
kind of fascinating to see people almost glaze over when you perform the fire of life. They didn't on. quite get it. Didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it was a really uh, fascinating thing. And as as I've said, it was so nice to in the '90s when Michael Moynihan rediscovered uh, our music for it to actually come to light in a time when people seemed to understand it all, especially right. in Europe where it was just like uh, universally accepted. Uh, as though it had been something common to their nature, and we uh, basically had never even expected. You know, most many groups when they're young uh, form form some little group, and time goes on, and then it's over, and then you become old man and you die. You know, but so we consider ourselves so fortunate to have gone into a new and new incarnation. At, at yeah, the, with a new appreciation, it must be such a satisfying feeling to see a whole new audience right. here now mm-hmm. in the in the 90s, the aughts, right. uh, when it must just be like fantastic. That's true, and when you consider that that it was in 94 when Fire of Life came out, and now we're, we're talking another generation actually of people that are still uh, enjoying the, the music, yeah. and uh, we couldn't ask for anything more. It's yeah, and they particularly enjoy it in Europe. You say you're much more well well received in Europe, which is surprising, don't you think? It was. I think what I've found from talking to different people in Europe is that it's uh, for some reason a they seem to like the kind of uh, simplicity of the music, in addition to the fact that the message is something that. I think they were drawn to. Right. And it's not necessarily it, an Americana piece or something right, like that. Uh-huh, Again, it transcends right. yeah. cultures, it, it transcends time. That's true. And and the fact that um, when we have written, uh, when, when our stuff was for sale in 94, um, America, I think, didn't think it was poppy. And I know I, I, that's kind of a weird word, but, uh-huh. you know, there's no drums, there's no no bass. It's just like uh, even my daughter said one day, she says, you know, I really appreciate music that has kind of more of a, a rhythm to it. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. Your own daughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, she's a good fan, but, you know, at one one time she said, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. you know, thanks anyway. But, but it was, um, that was kind of a, a little bit of an eye-opener, but again, I think the, the the Europeans were a little bit more accepting of the fact that it wasn't mainstream-type music, and right. I think that might have been what kind of pushed it over at first. Yeah, do you feel a subculture is really different besides, you know, obviously, um, you said there's a lot of flower power there, but there, there was a subculture in the 60s, a darker sure. subculture mm-hmm. as well. Do yeah. you feel it's uh, really different now, or do you think it's just people are experiencing some of the same things? world experience or is it just well I think that I think what we're seeing here in America like like uh, today you know the people that are really into this dark folk music it does seem to be a different different sort of people it's more people that uh, not necessarily as political as it was in the late 60s Uh the late uh 60s was so divided in politics and this is more of a people that are accepting of the music because of the music, not because it's saying a message to one side or the other. Right, you know. Right. So I think that might be the, a bit of the difference uh-huh. too. So and and the, the 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 dark gothic feel is more of just gothicism rather than politics, you know. Uh, in in the sixties that was a turbulent time, you know. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So 
you you explore these interesting themes that you have like another time feeling as a heroic, the epic, and hearkening to nature and spirituality. Um, what what's your overall take on like the the progress of mankind and uh, where we're going? Are we heading in the right direction? You think now, especially with all the years of experience you have behind you? Well, it if if anything, I would say that everything has become more plastic and temporary, uh-huh. you know, and I don't know if that's good, you know, they, I would say that uh, that the the way everything is heading is that it's uh, too surface, it's like the people don't have the deep roots that they had before, right. you know, people, uh, I read something uh, like a newspaper article that said uh, once, make sure you buy the meat at the butcher shop because they didn't have to kill it, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like people don't understand, you know, and that, that was one thing that uh, Robert and I talked about a long time ago, back in the 1800s, when someone died, you bathed them, you laid them across your table, you know, Uh and uh now you you go to the funeral home, you try not to even look at the dead body there. Yeah, uh, the disconnect. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, with with, uh, butchery, you know, it's like uh, somebody else killed it for you and it's laying there in red. You don't even even know that there's there's anything there. And so I think that we've lost a lot of what we used to have as far as that went. It's, uh, It's no longer a a, a world where people actually know what foraging for food is, and, right. and and I mean, yes, it's it's good the 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 whole revolution that's made life easier for everybody. It's probably good in that respect. Oh, it's, everything has its drawbacks. Sure. It has positive it with the negative. Do you feel like um, there there's a reawakening um, with especially a, you know um, a traditional spirituality as a true or you know paganism do you feel it's growing more i mean obviously you get an inside uh-huh, look right, into uh-huh. some of these more subcultures i think i think that the the you know it's it's a feeling that has it, it just keeps evolving and it is growing and it it's good because it's like robert has said at many times that the this is the age of re, of religion you know of yeah. whatever religion it is it's it's kind of that religiosity that <laughs> that uh, people have to uh, it's what they're drawn to it's it's uh, an inherent thing that they have to have and it's good that there's actually uh, things like the the odinism where it's actually more family rooted rather than just some ethereal thing that's uh-huh. out there too so now you've collaborated with many interesting people throughout the years. Um, tell me briefly who you think some, just a couple if you can, because I know there's probably a million. Um, who are some of the most inspiring that, that you've come across? As far as music goes, yeah, collaborations. Oh, we'll, we'll, sure. we'll go with music. Um, well, uh, Gerhard of Ellerslie. Uh-huh. I mean, he's just a fascinating person and always, uh, always an interesting person to get together with and intelligent. Uh, we've written back and forth for several years and and just. Uh, uh, just a, a swell person as yeah. as it is, and uh, on our uh, changes Elder Sealand split that we did, um, that was right after our. In fact, it was for our European uh, our Moscow trip because we did that with them, uh-huh. and uh, the song Don Quixote that I wrote on there. It's a, it's a an instrumental, but I dedicated it to Gerhard because he he see we had talked a lot about Don Quixote and. Um, Sometimes the feeling I get from from Gerhard is oh, of yeah. that type uh-huh. of thing. Uh-huh. You know, it's like uh, with uh, going up to the windmills. So, uh-huh. yeah, he's, Taking he's, them on. <laughs> yeah, he's a fascinating person. He is. Yeah. He is indeed. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you describe? Well, how about the most amusing? One of the most amusing people that you've come across in all your years of work in the music industry. Well, uh, I guess amusing. Like I like I said, 
I, I don't know that I would consider him amusing, but uh, but uh, Ian Reed of Fire and Ice is uh, he, he's just a genuine uh, good good storyteller. Just yeah. just just kept me amused and kept me uh, informed in so many different ways. So I I, I find him a fascinating person and yeah. just a nice warm person. Oh yeah, definitely. The good old bridge. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 It's always a fascinating conversation mm -hmm. with him. So I'm always curious about like um, obviously, you know, with the spirituality that's in the music as well, it, it goes a lot with the environment and here we are it's still in a church, just a, a gorgeous place. What are some of your favorite places that you have visited or have played here in the United States? All right. Uh, actually, this has to be <laughs> one of the best. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 just the surroundings and everything. It had just been really nice. Um, when we played in Portland, we played at the, it wasn't, uh, not the same type of setting, but we, we played at the uh, uh, Alberta Street Pub. And a real good crowd, good people. Uh -huh. uh, Portland, people in Portland are great people. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, when we, when we played in New York City, too, it was a great crowd there. Of course, we played with Blood Axis. You know, it's like a lot of times when Changes plays with someone like Blood Axis, people are coming to see Blood Axis because a lot of people might not even know who Changes was. Yeah, so yeah. so it, was, it was great because it was a good crowd and, uh, and us seeing Blood Axis and, and actually uh, being their, their backup group was like absolutely special. You know, yeah, they're it's good nice people. to feel like mm -hmm. coming home while bad, you know, especially oh, heck, with the, yeah. the involvement and, that Michael had with yeah, getting you guys and, back on the scene. Right, yeah, and, and Michael and Annabelle, I love them, you know, they're just, uh, they're great people, absolutely like family to uh -huh. us, really. And what are some of the, the other places, like in nature in, in the USA that, that you really, I mean, are you like the oh, beaches or the mountains? Sure. Is there something uh, that you... Sure. Um, well, actually, uh, I lived in, in Colorado in the, in the Rockies. Oh, nice, for, nice. Uh, I didn't actually live in the Rockies. You could see the Rockies on a, on a, on a clear day. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But uh, I lived in Greeley, which is about an hour north of Denver, but it's Cowtown there. But uh, going into the mountains in, in Colorado, the, yeah. when you talk pur Purple Mountains Majesty, that's Colorado. Oh, really? The Rockies. It's just absolutely stunning. I mean, uh, I live now in the Rockies of New Mexico, and they're mild compared to what uh -huh, you see in, uh -huh. in Colorado. I mean, in Colorado, the, rock, the Rockies are like dangerous with avalanches and all that stuff uh -huh. because they're so big and beautiful. And, but I mean, uh, summertime camping in the mountains is just like, uh, it's like nothing else on in America and maybe on Earth, I, I, I'm sure the Alps are probably comparable. Yeah. Now, you, now I, I want to go to Colorado. I've never been there, oh, so really? now oh, I've got to plan a trip, don't oh, I? Sure, you do. <laughs> well, and that, that, to be fair, what's one of your favorite places in Europe then? Um, well, Vienna, the city of Vienna. Oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, we didn't actually get to see a lot of the landscape of, uh -huh. of Europe, but uh, Austria we, is amazing. Uh, oh, if you ever can that, take a train trip through there oh, and right. see some of the beautiful big oh, mountains, I'm green sure. and yeah. just. Gorgeous. Yes, uh, but we've been now to Vienna uh, three times, and uh, we've been able to spend a little bit of time uh -huh. uh, on on when we did the European tour, and the, it's my favorite city in the world. It's just just wonderful. It just everything about it is just great. You know, it, it's kind of just hard to describe to somebody, um, you know, unless you've been there. But you know, it's like it's just uh, there's a certain quaintness, but it's still a big city at the same time. Yeah, so definitely. Great. I'll agree. I'll sure. agree with that. So your new release out now is, uh, well, it's not out now. It's coming out. You still don't have a release date. You say within the next few months, right? It was supposed to be October 15th. That's when, when Alban, Alban told me. 
And then we've heard that... Alvin from Hal Rook uh, and, yes, right. and Deborah Tarsh, right? He's going to be putting this out. It's called Lament, out. right? Uh, right. And he's putting out through Tesco. So. Yeah, and this is, uh, you, the name of the CD, it comes be- because of a re- relatively recent, uh, um, not tragedy, I want to say, but just uh, some personal problems in yeah. both uh, with, your, with your life and, and, mm-hmm. uh, sure. Rob- and Robert's right. life. Right. Uh-huh. And um, he had been married for 25 years. I had been married for 22 uh, well, 20 good years, and the uh-huh. last two were horrible. It, it, it was just unfortunate that she actually stayed around for two years, that she didn't care for me anymore uh, and made my life miserable during that time. Yeah. You know, if we could have just ended it. But but then I've talked to people that they just ended it right away, and they felt more hurt yeah, than Yeah, it's so one way or another. Was, Either you beat it yeah, to death, yeah, or yeah. You, you never know. So, <laughs> so, so it could be that by her staying that long, it didn't hurt as much when we actually did divorce. But uh, it was one of those uh, situations where... The midlife crisis hit both of our wives at about the same time, uh-huh. and it's like they, they, their chemical, uh, the chemical changes, just made them hate us, as, huh. like we had done something wrong or different than we'd ever done before, you know. And it was like, uh, so Robert and I commiserated with each other because it was like too, too much of the same uh-huh. for it to be anything that that we had actually done wrong because you know I, I always treated my wife nicely and he treated his wife nicely but it's just like when they they got to hate us it was just a strong it was just like a, a an absolute hatred it was no longer we even tried counseling my, my wife and myself uh-huh, uh-huh. and now my wife after the divorce she's she's met a, a another person and, and they're married and and they're happy I mean it, she just had to get away from me so it it's one of those things you just uh it's an evolution of life and i i I had no fault with her leaving me or wanting to leave me or not liking me anymore but again just uh, the process that you know could have been handled a lot differently but in in that process obviously you um sometimes from great personal tragedy comes some some great creative juices now that oh. you find some obviously some great right. songs what can uh, we expect to hear on this uh, oh, well new um, CD? there's one song that it was the strangest thing because i mean it, this this was based on truth um it's called the invisible man and my wife could literally be in the room with like say me and my children and she could be talking to them and i could say something and i mean she did not she never even acknowledged that I was there and had said something or put any input in it. So I literally felt invisible. Huh. So uh, the way the Invisible Man song evolves, it's actually, it's kind of a three-phase song. It starts out with me watching the movie of the Invisible Man when I was young, uh-huh. uh, the, the Claude Rains version, uh, in the movie theater, which... Uh, I stretched a little bit because I never actually saw it in the movie theater. I saw it on TV. Uh-huh. But, but uh, in the movie theater... It sounds more romantic. Right, it does. Yeah. <laughs> but then it evolves into the fact that though I'd seen uh, something of the Invisible Man when I was young, I never expected that I would one day be the Invisible Man. Uh-huh. And, and then it goes. it also evolves into how when she's looking at me, I might as well have... Uh, the invisible uh, the cloak over my face because you're not seeing me and then it talks about H.G. Wells no foreseeing that there was an invisible man and that it could actually be you know uh-huh. so so it's kind of an evolutionary song it it it, it actually it's a probably about six minute long song but it's kind of a, a unique in in that respect kind of taking 
bits of, of different things and applying it to right, real life. Right. So. Wow, well, it's a, it sounds like it's a really personal album. It's nice to hear the story behind it. I mean, nice just to know some... Sure. some uh-huh. and, and it's like when I, when I was uh, playing it for my daughter one, I mean, she'd heard it, you know, but um, she told me, boy, that song is a really sad song, you know. Oh. And, and I said, well, you know, once you've actually lived it and you've written the song about it, it's kind of behind you now. It's now it's like a piece of your history. You don't think of it as a sad song uh-huh. anymore. It's now it's, it turned into you know grist for the mill, as uh-huh. Robert will say. Uh-huh. You know? So that that uh, it's kind of an interesting little uh, little thing, and and that's kind of the way I feel about the whole Lament album. It's not a sad or tragic album. It's a kind of a piece of our history. Now, yeah, so. a moment in time in, the, in your life, in Robert's life, mm-hmm. and you shared together, too. Yeah, right, so. sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I'm definitely looking forward to the new release again. It's called Lament. What uh, does the future hold now, besides uh, this release? Eventually, well, uh, soon we wanted to uh, release an album. It's basically another single song type of thing, like our legends. It's a little bit different in the respect, and it's called The Ballad of Robert De Bruce. Uh-huh. And it's a, a song, uh, about a 30-minute song, a 25-minute song about the King of Scotland, uh, the one that followed William Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we actually wrote this one back in 1973. Michael and Annabelle are actually playing parts in it. Oh, they, uh, uh-huh. Michael's doing Bodron and Annabelle's uh, doing violin. We've been searching for a, a bagpiper that will <laughs> actually do a few parts for us. Uh-huh, and it, uh-huh. I've, I've approached about six of them, and they've all taken it in, looked at it, tried a few things and gave up. Oh, really? I, I now have a part that I wrote uh, for for that sounds like bagpipe electronically, but um, Michael wasn't happy with the fact that it didn't sound like real bagpipe. So here we'll put the call out. We need open uh, auditions for anybody who <laughs> plays bagpipes here. You can contact uh, yeah, them at their right. website, Nicholas <laughs> and Robert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> who knows? Maybe something will come of right. this. Oh, funny. Uh, it could be. Uh, at least with with having the electronic part, I, I realized that you know I wrote it in uh, regular uh, diatonic notes, and and bagpiping is done in a, a rather primitive mm-hmm. form. So, but if they could possibly adapt the the music in bagpipe to uh, to basically it's for an opening uh, a speech that a person makes before the song, uh-huh. and then there's one other part that I want to have bagpipes in it too, but. Um, if we can get that done, we can get that out soon. And, Excellent. Uh, that you think of maybe 2010? Is that what you're uh, looking I'm at? I'm hoping, yeah. Uh, and it's it's a fascinating song in that it's not like Legends where it's just kind of basically the same melody throughout the whole thing, just kind of slight variations. This one actually has the melody changes within the six verses to match the, the, the lyrics that are going on. Uh, talking about war, warfare and talking about... Uh, uh, Robert Bruce in peacetime, and and Robert Bruce when, when he was laying in on the cot and watching the spider, uh, the the famous story where uh-huh. he watched the spider try six times to to spin a web and it wouldn't work, and he had fought six wars and hadn't won, but he said if that spider makes it on the seventh try, I'll go out and fight again. Spider did. He went out and fought again and won and uh-huh. became king. So so it's like a fascinating tale huh. of the whole. Uh, in fact, I wish that that. Uh, they would make a, a follow-up movie to the Wallace uh, to Braveheart uh-huh. of Robert Bruce because that story is just as fascinating, as fascinating in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but it's a it's it's our 
opus song. If we can get that one out, I, th I think we can die happy, as they say. You well, know. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that you're still going strong. Got some more plans of a brand new release coming out this year, um, and hopefully another one next year. Um, almost 40 years. That's just absolutely amazing. I. I congratulate you well, and you. Robert for, for, like I said, still going on strong and thank you for taking a moment to well, speak with me on our Apocalypse, well, Nicholas. Thank you very much and uh, good luck to you too. Thank you. The theater lights dim The projector lamp lights Monochrome celluloid begins to display a flickering wondrous of a time and a place in the distant past A scientific experiment gone sour Vanishing Jack Griffin wreaks havoc on the town Unmaking in his darkest hour This science fiction I watched in awe as a child Seemed so utterly fantastic to see Would have believed the design became an adult The man in the film would be me Man in the film would be me
In your mind's eye, I'm fading away See the light of the lamp through my hand As light is swirled, I'm turning to mist I've become the invisible man The cause from my head to see its shape The shades on my face are disguised Look the rest of my body in a woolen tape It's the invisible man's disguise The final frame is run the theater's silence is stark. I reflect on the magic that I have just seen as house lights dissolve the dark. Like a hummingbird, suddenly here on invisible wings, then suddenly gone. Changes with the Invisible Man. That was followed by a poem by Robert Taylor, also called Love, from his uh, book called 13 Poems of Lament, which are interspersed through the brand new CD called Lament. And uh, we really want to encourage you to buy the CD because it is a concept CD. And uh, the band really feels that if you bought like MP3 files, individual files, that the kind of the whole concept would be lost. So definitely encourage you to buy it. Buy the brand new CD when it comes out. It should be out any day now. Keep your eyes open for it at uh, Tesco organization. Um, and uh, it's being released through How Rook, Alvin Julius's label. And uh, for more information, one more time on changes, you can go to www.nmia.com forward slash tilde thermite, T H E R M I T E, or easier, myspace.com forward slash changes folk noir, all one word. And I want to thank Nicholas Teslick for taking a moment to speak with me. Um, just one of the nicest fellows I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, simple as that. Wow, that was a very enjoyable interview. All right, how about some brand new dark ambient music from Thomas Watkiss? He's got a new two-CD release out. Uh, first CD is a studio uh, release, and the second CD is live. So it's called Ancestor 2 Machine. So let's check out the first track, why don't we? It's called Through Godless Abandon here on the Arl Apocalypse.
That's Ninth Desert with a song called Maz Experience here on the Arl Apocalypse. That release from Deserted Factory, a fine Japanese label uh, specializing in experimental noise industrial music. And you can find out more information about them at www.desertedfactory.com. We also heard from Australian band called Shinjuku Thief. The name of that song was called Toten Here. And Thomas Watkist with a brand new release, a fellow from the USA, uh, Through Godless Abandon was the name of that track. And the new release out is called Ancestor 2 Machine. If you like dark ambient music, I think I think this is a nice solid dark ambient release and it's a two two cd release like i said so for more information on this you can go to www.thomaswatkiss.net all right and i want to tell you about one more event happening around the world this one also coming up really soon on november 1st in london lovely london town we've got navis playing with david e williams playing with tony wakeford playing with jerome depp all together for a night of fun and for more information you can go to www.caparte.info that's k-a-p-a-r-t-e dot info lovely times in london indeed all right and some more music coming to you from russia this time let's take a, a little tour around the world shall we i think we've been kind of all over place in the show yeah all right so it's time to go to russia mother russia theodore bastard versus uh, version versus the moon far away doing a version of their song called uh pray oh let's see presagium presagium let's check it out on the rl apocalypse
The delightful medieval babes of a song called Trovami Amor, a band from the UK. We also heard from Shattered Hand, a band from West Virginia, USA, with a song called Golden Science. And for more information on Shattered Hand, you can go to myspace.com forward slash Shattered Hand, all one word. And we heard from a couple bands from Russia that was, well, somebody doing a version of another version's yes theodore bastard <laughs> versus the moon far away with a song entitled presagium on the Arl apocalypse and wow i've run out of time i'm already way over time aren't i i gotta go with just one last song to present to you it's another new release from Skullline records it's a band called langemark the name of the track is called dresden and again for more information on Skullline, you can go to skullline.de Skullline with three l's in there so until next week stay safe stay sane i'm dj merrick signing off for the Arl Apocalypse. Uns sind aus den alten Zeiten Wunder viel bekannt. Eins erzählt uns der Staat der Staat, Elbe, Elbe, Elbe. 
von Anmut an